todo el mundo. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson, author of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series and director of the film The Ventures Stars on Guitars. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast for people who love music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And now, on to the show. Today's guest is Greg Bjorkman, the director of a new music-centric feature film, Press Play. It's about Laura and Harrison, who are in a relationship that centers around their shared love of music, and there's also a sci-fi element with time travel. The soundtrack includes songs by Japanese Breakfast, Father Don Misty, Dayglow, and quite a few more, which Greg will talk about, as well as his thoughts on why there is so much classic rock in new content that's aimed at younger people, and he also, of course, shares his own personal rock and roll nightmare. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Greg. So, Press Play is classified as a, as a romantic drama, but I still think it's a good fit for rock and roll nightmares because there's music and death. Okay. For those who haven't I guess there's seen two, it yet. Yeah, there's two aspects. The uh, nightmares, I guess, is death. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, for those who haven't seen it yet or don't know much about it, uh, what's the premise of Press Play and who's in it? Uh, press Play is about a young woman who has the chance to save the love of her life when she discovers that the mixtape she made with him can transport her back in time. It stars Clara Rugard, Louis Pullman, uh, Lyrica Okano, Matt Walsh, Christina Chang, uh, Danny Glover, and Luke Lenza. Wow, you have a great cast. They're fantastic. Every single one of them is perfect for the role that they play. You're right. I, I watched it the other night and um, really enjoyed everything about it. Of course, the Hawaii setting is beautiful. Was there a reason? That's always a plus. That's always a plus. Having a good background uh, is always a nice character to a movie. For sure. Um, now, you mentioned the mixtape, which is, of course, the heart of the film. Uh, Harrison and Laura have a mixtape that they add to as their relationship progresses. So how did you choose the songs for this playlist? So when James and I sat down to write it, um, we knew that there was going to be a challenge. Uh, the challenge being, we have to pick songs that work emotionally in the scenes that we put them and also understand that there is a, a, they're going to be used twice in two different types of scenes. 
sometimes three or four uses in, in, in different scenes. So we, uh, we wrote all the songs into the script uh, and a good portion of them survived all the way through. We have, uh, I think in the first draft of the movie, there was a song by um, Father John Misty. Uh, there was a song by Robin Kester, a song by Riz Ortolani. All those songs survived from the original draft of the film uh, or the script. And, you know, the reason that they survived is because they work so well in each of those scenes. Um, and obviously you have to make compromises when you're, when you're making a film uh, and collaboration is, is an important part of it. Um, so we did replace some of the songs that we wrote into the script, but a lot of them stayed. And did you have a music supervisor or was this something that you took the reins on? Well, I, I took the reins initially in the script. Uh, so our music supervisors, uh, Susan Kent and, and Leah Harrison, um, were able to understand like what my, my, uh, my, my wants were. But um, they, they came in, gave suggestions on, on uh, songs that, that might work for songs that we were replacing and uh, did a fantastic job. Because I think that, you know, you probably wouldn't be aware, but if you had a stopwatch out, the, the film only has 10 minutes where it doesn't have any music in it. Wow, that's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, so they, like, we, we, they did a great job at, at, at filling the gaps where we needed to. Yeah, they did. And um, I'm sure you've noticed that the majority of songs in movies and TV shows now that are contemporary are, you know, music is from the 70s, 80s and 90s. I mean, just look at the resurgence of Kate Bush with the song Running Up That Hill being used in the show Stranger yeah. Things. But you yeah. chose to use contemporary music. So what are your thoughts yeah. on why younger people today are still enjoying music that their parents or maybe even grandparents were into? Well, I think that a lot of that has to do with wanting to relive moments. And I think that's a huge aspect of this movie. Um, you know, we as a human race uh, have a harder time letting things go. And music uh, can take us to places that we have been a long time ago or to places that we've never been and create new memories. And I think that the resurgence in you know, our, our older genre music uh, is definitely, um, you know, a, a, a craving for wanting what we used to have, uh, you know, craving for comfort, because music, I think it can be a comfort to a lot of people. Uh, for instance, myself, if I listen to Nat King Cole, that takes me back to car rides with my parents and my brother um as we would like drive to the upper peninsula of michigan or to kentucky on like a road trip so i think that there's like a want for that type of of music uh in films uh because i think that we've got a lot of just music that's being created today that's i wouldn't say that it's bad but it's just it's watered down because we have a lot of it um a lot of the same and I think that those unique songs uh, exist in a time from the past, um, a time that we can experience by listening to them again. We've all, anyone who loves music, we've all had a romance or a special time in our life that's tied in with 
certain music or a song. Um, mm -hmm. Whose music or which song would be that for you? Oh boy. Um, so there's a, there's a few. Um, I think, um, I think Iron and Wine has a, has a few songs that would, that would take me back to certain relationships. Um, there's a song called The Emotion, uh, not by Iron and Wine, um, by Borns that would take me back to a, a specific relationship. And, you know, there's other, there's other songs like, I don't, I haven't listened to, for instance, My Chemical Romance. I haven't listened to that since like maybe freshman year of college, but I, I don't doubt in my mind that if you played me like any of the songs from my black parade, I'd probably know the lyrics to them just by singing along because that was, <laughs> you know, that was a time period where I listened to that. So, you know, all these, it's, it's weird how like music can remind you of things so easily because like, I couldn't recite you any of those lyrics right now, even if, if with a gun to my head, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't recite any of the black parades music or really any uh like songs that i used to know really really well but if you played them i could sing along to them you know it's 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 a music is such a powerful tool um it's also why i used a lot of it uh when we were directing like i played oh my love by riz ortolani for for danny glover to you know explain you know, what Cooper's mentality was when he was talking to Laura uh, at the end of the movie um, in the record store. And he listened to that three times before we, we filmed. Um, and the story behind that song is that the, the composer and the vocalist met uh, when they made that song together and then they got married afterwards and were married for 58 years. Oh, um, wow. So it's, it's got, you know, music is a very powerful tool. It can bring people together it can empower people. Um, you know, it can take us places and, you know, it's, it's, it's a memory, it's a memory device. Absolutely. And speaking of going places, of course, there is that time travel element to press play. And there's a lot of movies and shows that do that. And it's always kind of tricky from the sci-fi perspective. So I'm wondering, how did you choose to tackle that and press play? And did it change much from the screenplay to the finished film? It didn't change very much from uh, the screenplay to the finished film. Uh, but in terms of the challenge that it presented, I couldn't take that on by myself. Um, when I had gone through a relationship in 2016 that made me feel like I was prepared to, to write the story, um, I still was a little, to, little bit hesitant because it was very overwhelming thinking about making sure that the emotions of a story are there while also dealing with time travel logic. And so I asked a friend who I'd worked on The Fault in Our Stars with um, if she knew anybody who knew time travel. And the first name out of her mouth was James Batchelor. And so I, I gave him a, a, a call and asked like, hey, are you busy right now? And he's like, no. Um, and so we went and we grabbed dinner uh, and then started writing the next weekend because uh, he, you know, one of the things that I often compare having a writing partner to is being that you are two balloons tied to the same string and that string is wrapped around a pulley that is attached to the ground. And while one of you can go and explore up at, you know, the sky and explore different parts of the story creatively, the other one's close to the ground and can ground you and then you change places. 
So that to me was what James was, uh, for, for, for this project. We both got to explore creatively and both got to ground each other with, with thoughts. I actually just, um, heard from James, uh, the other day that he had found a recording of, uh, one of our writing sessions. And it's just, it's insane to, to listen to, you know, a younger self back when, you know, we were dealing with a, a, you know, a new, a new story and a new concept for something. Um, so yeah, James was, James was hugely valuable when it came to the creation of the time travel and making sure that all the logic worked. I hope yeah, I answered really the did. question correctly. Yeah. And you have your, you're dealing of course with, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, there is a death in the film and it, there's some grief mm -hmm. involved. Um, but it looks like it was actually pretty fun to shoot. Um, why did you choose Hawaii? Do you have connections there? Or? I didn't have any connections there, but uh, when James and I were writing the script, uh, we actually didn't have Hawaii written, but I had been using a bunch of Hawaiian shampoos and I think I was mentally wanting to go there. <laughs> so eventually uh, the someone proposed... Um, locations in Hawaii was on that list. And I was like, we have to go like the, the logic behind going to like what people perceive as one of the most romantic places on the, on the planet and being able to shoot sunsets and sunrises. Like mm -hmm. we have to go there. Uh, so that's, that's where that, that, uh, that, that came to be. Um, it's a wonderful place. If you haven't gone, I would highly recommend it. I have. And in fact, you mentioned romance. My parents tell me that's where I was conceived. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> yeah. so I have a connection too. Well, I'm going to just shoot off a little off topic here because you mentioned my chemical sure. romance, which of course is, you know, a lot of people's favorite band. Um, what is the first or best concert you ever attended and, and which one set, you know, is in your memory? Well, I can tell you that the first concert I ever went to, uh, I was in college. And uh, I was going to this little school in Rock Island called Augustana College. Uh, it's like a liberal arts school. Um, I took a bunch of poli-sci classes and speech communication. I was actually going there for physical therapy and then switched to film. But um, during the fall of my first, uh, of my freshman year there, there was a band called Augustana that came and played at Augustana. And so I oh, went wow. and I saw that band uh, play. And uh, that was a, that was a thing. If I listened to that music, I'd probably be transported back to a relationship that I had freshman year, hmm. uh, just knowing that. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the, the first uh, concerts that I went to. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not as much of a concert goer. I, I kind of, enjoy listening to vinyl records in the comfort of my own home um and like curating a a, a uniquely me uh concert if you will because uh, there's 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 certain there's certain like emotions that songs give you that are great with a, with a crowd absolutely great with a crowd but then there's other ones that you're like i i, I feel like this is this is for me you know, like this, 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 uh, this song was made for me, well, and, and it wasn't, but like, it was, you know, it feels uniquely to me. And so sometimes it's nice to, to, to listen to those, uh, 
by yourself or with a, with a small group of people? Yeah, well, the at-home concert, you can always find a parking space and hopefully no one spills their beer on you. True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, I always ask this question before I wrap up. So yeah. what what is your own personal rock and roll nightmare? Maybe being crushed by uh, like a, a crowd at a, uh, but maybe it's COVID. I don't know. There's so many options for that. There are, uh, aren't there? Yeah, what do there are a lot of horror stories about concerts. Absolutely, um, yeah. The Who, I think, was one of the first though that people were trampled uh, in '79, yeah. and yeah, and of course there was the Great White concert when it, the club caught on fire. So yeah, yeah that's, that's awful. You can see why that's you stay awful. home to, to listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, lastly, where and how can people see press play? Well, it will be in select theaters uh, June 24th and also on demand uh, on various platforms like Amazon uh, Prime, as well as uh, Apple TV and I believe Hulu. There's other there's others as well. You'll probably be able to find it by by giving it to Google. But uh, yeah, June 24th. Fantastic. So people can either brave the crowds or stay at home and watch by themselves. Exactly. Okay. Well, thanks, Greg. I appreciate you being here and good luck with the film. Thank you so much, Stacy. This is an excerpt from the chapter Flirting with Disaster from Rock and Roll Nightmares True Stories, Volume 1. The night he died, Keith Moon and his girlfriend Annette were Paul McCartney's guests at the premiere party for The Buddy Holly Story, a film featuring Gary Busey in the title role. About halfway through the screening, Keith got antsy and the couple left, heading home to the flat they were renting from Harry Nilsson. Once settled in, they made lamb cutlets and watched The Abominable Dr. Fibes, a campy 1972 horror movie starring Vincent Price. Annette remembered Keith, quote, taking his usual glass of water and bucket of pills before falling asleep around 4 a.m., then the one-man wrecking crew woke up at 7.30 a.m. and grumpily told his girlfriend he was hungry and wanted more lamb. She obliged. After cleaning his plate, he took even more medication and fell asleep again. Annette crashed on the sofa to avoid the sound of his snoring, then woke up in the late afternoon. She went into the bedroom where she found her boyfriend lying on his stomach with his left arm hanging over the side of the bed. I couldn't hear him breathing, she said. Right there and then, I knew something was wrong, and I went into a panic. This concludes another episode of Rock and Roll Nightmares. I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson. The theme song, Out for Blood, is composed and sung by Lars with a Z, Cabot, and the band is Fuzzbuster. You can hear the whole track in the horror comedy film Valentine Days, also with a Z. For photos of the guests and show archives, please visit the website rockandrollthings.com 
That's rock and roll with an N. You can also join the Rock and Roll Nightmares Facebook group or follow us on Instagram at Rock and Roll Nightmares Books. That's B O O K S. This is an indie podcast, so your subscriptions and ratings are really important. Thank you for joining me, and until next time. <laughs>